Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here again with our guest host, Sergey, and, and we thought we'd have a bit of a conversation on uh, recruiting, on specifically the resume. So we want to ask or talk about how can we make the hiring process better? And specifically on the resume side, uh, uh, Sergey, you have a lot of experience on, on the recruiting front. And uh, unfortunately, the, the re- resume side is kind of the maybe the, the, the best out of the worst solutions in that it doesn't do a very good job in filtering mm-hmm. candidates. There's all sorts of bias and it, and it relies on people being actually good at, at articulating themselves. There's a little bit of broken telephone is that I thought I wrote this, but then they interpret it as something that, and, and like you have to piece it together. Um, but yeah, so why don't we start off a little bit about kind of your journey. How, how did you, maybe if you can go back to like the first resume that you uh, reviewed, like how did you even know it was good that, that you passed it and all that sort of stuff? I don't know if you, we can do that. I'll put you on the spot. You learn the process to actually get good at, at it because eventually yeah. it is a skill, almost like a muscle that you have to build. Yeah, yeah for, for, for sure. For sure. You know, it's funny when you say what's the first resume that I reviewed, I would probably have to actually go back to my own <laughs> when I was, <laughs> Sure. I was actually like uh, around 17 years old, uh, believe it or not. Um, and that's an interesting story because it, it in, many, in many ways ties the, the roots of like why I'm passionate about recruiting and, and uh, the whole process is like uh, when I was in a previous conversation, we talked about basketball and like growing up playing uh, and, and trying to get into college. I created, I, I built a resume for myself for my basketball a sort of resume, right? And, okay. and it was I basically, it was the early days, like 2001 or two, and I would email coaches and send them my basketball resume in the States and actually in Canada too. Uh, the problem was in Canada, they didn't give out uh, athletic scholarships uh, to international students where in the US, obviously they did. So that was the first resume that I, that was the first time I understood, like I, I actually spent time like uh, putting a, understanding the value of a, a a resume right like uh, and it was one page my basketball okay. resume was one page because I didn't have much uh, I wasn't like a very uh, highly awarded or celebrated player sure. um, and believe it or not even back in those days this was 19 when did I start Nin- like 1999 2000 when I started like recording all the games I could bring my friends to record the games and we actually put together a, a tape like a videotape that I would okay. so first I had this whole process I would email all the coaches if they if they were with my resume, if they were interested, I would mail them a, a, a package with my tape, okay. right? my highlight tape, which included like a little interview, like a so they see how I communicate, right? And I kind of went through my like I pitched myself basically because I wasn't that good. Yeah. And I sent it out. I ended up like I I emailed every single coach in the United States. It was like uh, Division One, Two, NAA junior college everybody like over a thousand coaches because I again I wasn't very good and I was just playing the odds and about 42 or three coaches got back to me and said yeah we'd like to see a tape you're a six four like Bulgarian guy or whatever (laughs) we'll take a look at your tape you know uh and then in the tape I did like you know I put a highlight I put the stuff that I was good at like rebounding you know and uh, I wasn't a very good I wasn't athletic I wasn't like I was a smart player I was a team player like so so I basically put a very kind of like almost like it's crazy when I think about it now, but this is almost like a, 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 a an inter- interactive resume, like a, in, in that unpacks in several stages, right, and builds the excitement, right, and 
Um, and yeah, I got a, like I got uh, three or four scholarship offers out of that sort of campaign. The first one I got, I was so happy and I honestly, I couldn't believe it. So I basically accepted the first full scholarship I, I got offered, which was from Lindsay Wilson College. Okay. So that was my first resume, uh, my first experience. When did I first review a resume for somebody else? And because I started even before I got into recruiting, I, I've been in leadership positions of hiring people like my I started a company within six months coming out of university and we hired five interns within like three weeks and okay. they worked with us for three months to deliver on a like a a, a big like an event that we feel like 60,000 square feet of uh, space like a event space. Okay. Me, my co-founder, which was my college friend, and five interns. Um, so, so those were, and those interns I got from Norfolk University where I went because we had a sports management program, sports, entertainment, sports. I talked about it in our previous podcast. So I knew that the students had experience, had passion about events and, and we could execute. I knew it because we had done it, right, with events on campus. So this was just a bigger challenge. And it was like, can we fill a 60,000 square foot facility in the middle of really nowhere uh, <laughs> between like Bertrand, Michigan is, you know, it's it's literally like on a highway, right? Just uh, off of an exit. And, and I mean, there's an outlet there. There's Frankenmuth and like the Bertrand outlets, which is a, a tourist draw. Okay. Uh, but, it, but it used to be a hockey rink, uh, like, a, uh, and it didn't work out. And uh, somebody like the new owners bought it and turned it into a event center. And, uh, and, and I, and that was my first job that I also talked about on the last podcast. And like six months into that job, I resigned to start my first company uh, at the time, which was high impact marketing. And the GM of the Bertrand Expo Center, who to this day, we were in touch and we, we talk huge hockey fan, huge fan of Canada. And like, um, he basically said, well, if you're going to quit to go start a company and make events, might as well make those events in our, in our, in, at the Bertrand Expo Center. So he's like, we have a, we had a, a, an office that we weren't using on the second floor and we hired interns and we basically ran a company out of that <laughs> building for like three months. And then, um, yeah, we, we didn't break even uh, once all the, <laughs> At the end, we had over 5,000 people come to that event and it was incredible. We had like the Detroit Pistons do a, a camp for kids and like, okay. and, like so much going on there. But so anyways, I, I, I kind of always was work, I guess, in a way was so yeah, many roles that I've I've been in a position where I would like interview or hire people um, and review resumes. But it didn't really hit to, for me. It was never a part of a professional you know, day-to-day uh, -day life until like 2014. So, yeah. um, so, so for that screening process, so if we go back to those five interns, right, you probably got more than five applications, like in your first iteration, like how did you decide on, on those five? Were there kind of key things? And then how has that screening process evolved? Because obviously you started having more data, more inputs to say, okay, yeah, I've done this before. I picked these people, they were good, they were bad. And then next and next and next. And uh, how did, how, how do you even learn to, to screen? Because I, I talk to folks in, in HR programs and they more screen based on like things like how to re review like biases and stuff of like that and, and get uh, apart from that, but not the tactical of like, how do you match these keywords? Like everyone says, you got to filter that. And, <laughs> no, and, and how do you, you, uh, you track you, of that stuff? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And it's, uh, it's definitely more of an art 
It's a mix of an art and a science for sure. Yeah. You get just like anything you do, you get better at it as you go, right? Like, which is why it's important to cut, to start with an open mind. At least now, that's the best advice I would give. Stuff I wish I knew earlier, right? Like, start with an open mind, right? Like, don't assume anything when you look at a resume, and that's more relevant now than ever with all the diversity and inclusion, you know, things going on. And sure. I think I was always more naturally kind of attuned to that, just because of my own personal experience of like living in different countries, like and uh, like uh, always trying to collaborate with people from different walks of life and and uh, you know very diverse uh, sort of groups uh, so what I do and what I have always done is sort of look at a try to look at a resume holistically but you only about you you really only about have maybe about 15 to 30 seconds really to sure. to make a, a a read you know and the stuff that you're looking for, it, it depends on the role, which is probably why like the best advice to give anybody is like actually read the job description. And, and, and I know it's and, and it's tough to customize every application to every job and every company. I get it because I was there like not too long ago looking for jobs and, and making those applications. And it's it's a ton of work. It's frustrating, especially when. So. Oh, how do you how do you do that right i mean you do it hundreds and thousands of times you look at the resumes and then you end up meeting the people sure right and you spend time with those people and you, and over time it's like muscle memory right like you start connecting certain things you see on a resume with certain outcomes right oh people that i mean and this is not i mean and this is bias right like it, it is bias for sure however good companies that ship good products that customers love usually do that because they hire great people sure uh, so when companies are successful right and and that's the benefit of uh, being uh, right so like there's signs right certain schools people went to right and th that there's bias there as well so you always have to question all those things right and um maybe certain boot camp programs maybe okay. what i look at a lot i'll tell you is like even though some like i when i look at people that have started their career in other countries and then have uh, have uh, uh, transitioned uh, into a, a life and a, and a career in Canada. Like those are things that you look for that also tell you like there's probably some uh, intangible qualities about this person, right? Because I know how difficult it is to move to another country uh, and to start uh, from scratch, right? So, and, and again, those are my biases, right? So there's all these biases. Our interview process is designed to eliminate as many of those because throughout the process, you meet many different people that all look at things from a bit of a different angle. And then at the end, we we score and rank everything. And at the end, we kind of have a, uh, a decision. So it, yeah, I hope that, I know that's a very kind of high level and kind of loaded answer, but if you want to dive into any, any of the, components of that because it is really like a, a an art you know after a while like there's so like and, and, and the devil's in the details like they always say you're like good for sure yeah so some of the guidance that i give to a lot of the job seeker folks is, is you mentioned about uh, tailoring the job uh, to, to well the resume to the job description and i think that yes it takes work but but it's better than uh, kind of just just hoping and praying right in in the sense that uh, well my analogy i usually compare the resume screening process to the, to the game of bingo right because uh, bingo has like the numbers one to 75. And that's the universe of any, anything and everything that you want to look for, right? Uh, but the recruiter specifically wants uh, bingo, like the 25 numbers on the card, right? Mm -hmm. and, and if, if uh, the recruiter says on the job description, I want uh, B5, 
and then you say oh 72 okay well that's not quite a match we never right? we never get we never get a perfect match oh 100 percent. so yeah. it's a matter of as, as best as you can um so so the, the the simple advice that i usually say is is take your resume blank out the bullets and then grab the job description and say, well, how, uh, where did you best demonstrate this and paste it into your resume? And then you need a paraphrase. You never want to plagiarize because you don't want a complete cut and paste. I, I know recruiters that when they see that, it's like, yeah, they, they didn't even bother because it's not a tailored. But if you can adapt what they said to, to the job description, then that usually uh, fits the job description much more, as, as you mentioned. So uh, I'm not sure what, what you think of, of that process, because to me, I found that very effective because you're telling the resume, uh, telling the recruiter exactly what they want to hear on their on the recruiter, or at least as much as you can, the best as you can. Here's here's my approach to, to this, right? Because and this is this is this is coming from trying to study where where really study the black hole in, mm -hmm. in recruiting, right? That's yeah. what I spent basically two, three years trying to understand and study. And recruiting is a funnel right like at the very top of that funnel right now there's so much going on that out of 200 applications i guarantee like and this is this is consistent going back to my first days in recruiting mm -hmm. uh, we would have clients sometimes that we would call as an agency right and um or like we would send them a candidate that we had identified that was interested in the in the job um maybe had applied you know uh, had applied like a year ago but forgot or six months ago, but forgot. Sure. Uh, and we would, you know, uh, uh, present that prospect to the to the client, and they would say, "Oh, that person applied to our job like six months ago." Yet they were never never contacted. Uh, just and that's on the other side of of, of the, the that the resume uh, wall, right? Is like we can only process that that many. Like sometimes we get a two three hundred applications for sure. a, let's say a full stack engineer position. It's not right? more, yeah. Um, I, I literally, I have timed myself and I do it with a, a high degree of efficiency. Like I said, I spend maybe 30 seconds on each resume. There's certain yep. things that sometimes we see that like eliminate a person right away. For example, mm -hmm. we don't currently sponsor a job or anyways, uh, we don't, we don't sponsor, um, you know, uh, work visas. Right. So like if, if somebody needs a, a uh, an authorization, right. An employer's authorization to work in Canada, that's a quick, right. So sure. we miss a lot of stuff. Sure. Right. Um, and sometimes when you dig a little bit deeper under the surface, right, like some of these people that need an authorization uh, maybe to, to work in Canada, uh, they've actually applied for it. Uh, maybe they're about to get it in a month or so. Maybe they already made plans like uh, so it's complicated because <laughs> it's 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 a lot falls through the cracks, even through our very best efforts. There are tools out there that make that process um, that that use automation and machine learning and all kinds okay. of things. Like yep. uh, ideal candidate, there's one. Uh, there was a Karen.ai that got acquired. Even in in Canada, there's quite a few uh, companies that have built tools for that space, and so it's getting way better. It's getting a lot better, but those tools are still very expensive, right? So like yep. uh, they're they're usually only accessible to big enterprise companies that hire the same type of role at yep. large scale, right? So it's like it lends itself well to like big data and processing. We're not there. We're not that type of company. I look at every single resume. I try to look at every single resume at Jobber that applies. And there's like hundreds of them every week, right? So it's, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, it sounds like the technology is advancing and they're trying to fill in the goals, but it's one of those things where, I mean, right now we don't really know what makes for an amazing candidate, right? So they maybe through AI machine learning, they'll figure out some sort of algorithm, but but like it, it's uh, really through that kind of muscle memory of like, well, yeah, I, I, I've recognized this type of person and, and I saw this resume, I interviewed them and uh, I, I caught up with them for, for lunch and they're doing fantastic. And then this other person where a resume interview and like, oh my gosh, they, they, they quit within a, a month. And then, and then <laughs> through, through the, the, that process that then you kind of uh, train your own, well, your own AI or your That's NI or natural intelligence right, to figure That's it out. Um, but, but yeah, so it sounds like that the technology is trying to catch up. What about uh, things like, yeah. like video interviews, yeah. right? Uh, sorry, right. Video resumes. Cause you mentioned that you sent like this, this kind of uh, video reel, that sort of thing. Um, what has been your, your experience with that? Have you, have you ever contemplated and thought about that? Because yeah, I have my, my own share story on, on my side. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's inter, inter, interview. It's hard to say. In, it, no, how, how does it, what's the company? Intervoo, I think that's the way you say the company name. <laughs> okay. I-N-T-E-R-V-U. It's a video interview platform. It's yeah. the biggest company there is. And, uh, you know, without saying too much, like it's, uh, it, it's at the top of the, it's at the, I think it's at the top of the list of like uh, more innovative uh, applicant tracking systems, let's say, or, or so, some sort of uh, a system that can streamline the hiring process, right? But again, <laughs> And, and it's a very, uh, I believe video is actually uh, a very big part of uh, solving for the inefficiency of the job description, because really, like, if you look at the means of communication we have today, right, like uh, 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 writing something long and complex on a, on, a on a piece of paper and having somebody read that and then match it to their own complex piece of paper, um, with a lot of formatting and things that get in the way and biases and all that. So like yeah. a lot gets literally lost in translation between the lines and video is good for cutting through that. The best thing to cut through that is actually working with the person. Nothing beats that. Nothing beats that. Um, there's a concept out there and, and this is going back to kind of like smart hire and we, what we were trying to build with our uh, platform. And the concept is that there's sort of a, a like a, like a group think, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that in the developer community, reputation is something that is very important, right? If you go okay. to like Stack Overflow, if you go to GitHub, like if you, if you dig into the concept of like open source uh, technologies and even, I mean, the, the, if you look at the history of how the internet came about, right? The internet could have been a very different place uh, and, and thing today if it wasn't built sort of on a, with an open source kind of uh, approach, right? So what I'm trying to say is that, um, yeah, I lose my train of thought sometimes and uh, because these, these things are complex, right? And it's like yeah. rabbit holes and, uh, but. Well, you mentioned it's that nothing uh, wor beats working with the person. So yeah, uh, it, so it, trust, it, right? Okay. Trust is the ultimate thing we're trying to get to, yes. right? Whether it's by resume, which is not a good, nobody, like people don't trust resumes, right? Because yeah. people put lies on their resumes. Sure. I mean, it's let's call them lies or exaggerations or sometimes <laughs> I'll tell you for myself because I spent about, so when I was looking for a job, I spent about two months agonizing over my resume. And it's actually a very interesting thing. Any recruiter that you ask that has spent, you know, that is like have some experience, they hate working on their own resume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a, a friend of mine who was a pretty successful startup co-founder with an exit and, 
uh, a CTO and he said, the reason I kept starting companies is because I, 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 ha- I didn't want to make a resume. Like I hated, <laughs> I hated updating my resume. So I just kept starting companies. Right. Um, and this is the problem we have is that it takes too long for us to build that trust to be able to say like, cause it's really ultimately very simple. If you look at first principles, like what Elon Musk always tries to figure out is like, yeah. what do the two sides try to get out of it? Can yeah. you do this job? Will you be able to solve the problems that we have, which is why we're hiring for this? Like you look at it from a product design standpoint, I'm an employer, I'm a hiring manager, I'm a recruiter. I'm trying to fill this. I'm trying to, we're trying to solve a problem, some sort of a problem at our company. And you are a person that solves problems. So the problems that you solve and the problems we have need to match and they need to match not only today, but they need to match. We need to see that they're going to match six months from now, 12 months, like you're going to continue growing and expanding yeah. your, because that's what like high growth companies are all about. It's not just about what you come in with. It's about what are you, what are you six months later? Like really fast uh, scaling companies up, upskill their, uh, their talent every six to 12 months, right? Every six yeah. to 12 months, you're, you're taking that, you know, that next step, right? Like more responsibility and you're, you're pushing yourself. Right. And like, that's kind of how the, the magic happens. For sure. And I, I love how you put broke it down to it's, it's just trust. But now that trust is so hard to acquire, like on a whim, through a piece of paper, through a video, that sort of thing. And um, my, my kind of experience with the video side is uh, it, it, it adds or in- introduces some efficiencies, but takes out a whole bunch of other and adds more. Because one of the things that we found is you, you mentioned on your uh, resume screening process, 15 to 30 seconds is, is how long you have, right? But the problem with watching a, a, a video resume is that if it's a three minute video, I have to watch it for three minutes, right? <laughs> like it's, uh, unless you're talking about like the first 15 seconds, right? I'll, like, tell, you, I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you a funny concept that, uh, so I was part of this, uh, when I first came to Toronto, I was like really into the whole startup thing because I really didn't experience it in the States. I, uh, I was working in like uh, manufacturing and like, uh, like a very, very different world, right? Where the technology was very outdated in a software sense, like we were like really outdated, but it was a manufacturing uh, thing. So it was a different type of uh, business, right? But, um, and um, again, lost my train of thought. We're talking about time, like uh, watching a three minute video actually takes yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so to be the first 15 seconds, yeah when I came to Canada, I was like really, really uh, fascinated with the startups. And I got into this lean startup machine, like weekend um, program, right? It was like, I was, I didn't know anybody in Toronto. So, and that's a great stuff. I wish I knew earlier. I mean, like I would do that more early on. Like I would build my network very, very strong in that space. Because as soon as I went into that um, startup, lean startup machine, like, uh, uh, environment I realized like this is where this is what I want to be around you know it was just mm-hmm. like all this energy of like people that just felt like they could build products and ship them and like right lean startup machine is all it's based on Eric uh, Reese right yeah yep. based on his uh, work right and I mean then I so that's when I first started learning sort of about the the lean concepts and agile and, and, and all that type of stuff and once you learn that stuff it like it opens a new um realm of right like uh, how things get done right like uh, more collaboratively so um but yeah we were working so the project that i ended up uh bidding on basically everybody bids right everybody 
tries to get people on their side. It's a very yeah. interesting environment. Within a weekend, you walk away with a, a business model and a, and a product that uh, in some cases by, by the end of the week, like, so our product was called uh, the 90 second interview or okay. it was, yeah, 90 second interview. And the concept was that, you know, in the first 90 seconds of like meeting somebody, whether or not you want to learn more about that person, basically. Sure. And if you don't, it's better to cut off the conversation right there and spend another like 90 seconds giving a little bit of feedback. Sure. So within two or three minutes, you could basically give a candidate more value because like a lot of the time wasted in recruiting is on interviewing candidates that for whatever reason, they're not bad candidates, but they're just not sure. a fit. Yeah. Not a fit, right? Like when we're interviewing 16 people sometimes for one position, like four or five of those people are amazing. Yeah. One or two of those people are incredible. Right. Right. So it's like, that's the level. And when you want to build a company that scales, like, you know, like we're trying to do, or like a lot of companies are trying to do you, you aim for those amazing or like yeah. exceptional people. Yeah. Uh, and you, you're never going to get them in every role, but you aim for that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so that's what I want. And we always say it to candidates, but I, I think, and also as a candidate, I know it comes across uh, like something like a, a consolation, you know, prize or something like pity. But a lot of the times it's not the, the case that it's uh, the candidate, like, uh, like the person we interviewed and, and, and ended up not hiring is uh, uh, not, not, not good or not good enough. It's just that somebody else just has such a better fit for that role at that time. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's really something to see, right? Like uh, how it ends up being like, you're looking at four or five people that could do the job, but you're sure. picking the one that can do it the best. For sure. Yeah. yeah it, it's not whether you're qualified for the role. It's whether you're the most qualified role in that pool. Yeah. And that, that's uh, one of those things where a lot of people struggle. Cause like I can do the job for sure. Yes, you can. But unfortunately this person has demonstrated or has indicated they can do it better. Maybe, uh, maybe they've already done it for three or four years and sure, they've yeah. seen around the corners that you just can't see without that experience. Yeah. And they can come in and help us get there faster. And you would be, a better person to come along on that ride and, and absorb uh, some of that. And while also like adding your own, whatever, right. But that's not with us, not right now. That's somebody else, right. That's yeah. basically, so what I would say to people is like, it's the law of probabilities. And I, sure. I mean, and that's why like some, there's a, are you familiar with like the, the second choice, like the ranked uh, choice systems, like they had the mayor uh, race in New York. Uh, I, I follow uh, Andrew Yang's uh, okay. candidacy wherever he goes. Uh, I'm a member, uh, honorary member of the Yang gang. I can't be. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I just, I, I, I love his take on some of the big, he ran for the presidential uh, right yep. for the, for the democratic uh, in the democratic primary uh, last time around. And, he now ran and just conceded the, the mayor race in New York, but, um, you know, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's somebody that like, sorry, again, like, <laughs> I think my brain at this point is just like overheating and it's like, cause you got me talking about like topics that I'm very interested in, but at the same time I've been talking all day. So it's like, it just like I get into these rabbit holes. No worries. So yeah, I mean, I wanted to to mention. So one of the reasons why well, we were exploring uh, in my past role, like video interviews as well, and uh, it's an interesting uh, point where you kind of look at more holistically. Where individually on the resumes, you might spend ninety seconds on, but you save uh, a whole bunch of time because for a role, you might be interviewing five, ten candidates, like each each one for an hour. So if you if you extend that uh, to kind of those ninety seconds times the two hundred people. It might be roughly people. the same. 
yeah, it's basically the, the, kind of the same thing. But I think one of the challenges that we stop is, is the unfortunate part of bias, right? Because it's one of those things where you, you uh, value the talkers, the ones that can uh, uh, kind of outwardly present themselves. And communication is important, but in some circumstances, you want the person who can take away and think right and about the answer and all that sort of stuff right so sometimes when you give a question right on the spot someone might not be able to articulate it but the kind of more more reserved that the shire where they will have a brilliant answer if you gave them five minutes 30 minutes to to, to do it uh, and they were probably the, the most uh, well suited for the candidate uh, versus someone who can like talk to talk and and, and not necessarily have the same well, so, you're not you're, you it's a, it's, a, it's a great point yeah. you're not making that decision to pass a person only based on their video. Uh, sure. uh, you know, the resume has a lot of merit, has a lot of value, right? Combined the two, right? If I can take a, a 30 second glance at your resume and a 30 or 90 second yeah. glance at your video, how you present yourself, how you talk about the topic, like, and just answer maybe one or two questions that are very, very pointed and direct. Yep. Right. Because that's what it comes down to, really, to move fast. You have to be able to solve problems uh, fast. And um, well, I, 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 yeah, I, I would agree with that, where, where uh, at the video interviews as kind of a, a primary or first kind of uh, interview screening portion, I think is it, great for me. I was trying to get rid of the resume altogether. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what I was trying to do. And, and, and unfortunately, the video doesn't really allow for that. We tried, you know, we, we tried. Right. So our concept with, that we were building, um, it, it was called Wage. Right. And it was yeah. a. A decentralized talent marketplace right where basically there was no resumes and there was no interviews there was basically skills and peers that would verify those skills through a series of conversations so like we would pair up like a like a like a like a, a junior software like a junior javascript engineer with a senior engineer or an intermediate with a senior or a manager with a team lead and we would just have them chat for a few minutes and verify a few key skills that we felt like were important for whatever the client was right. looking for, which most companies look for the same things like really. And recruiters aren't very well, very well equipped because of, we don't have the technical background. Like I, I, in my case, I have some, so that helps me a lot, but most recruiters have none. Like they literally uh, come into, into recruiting or uh, tech recruiting a lot of times with a passion, which is important, but um, we're not very good at understanding whether this person can actually do the job, as, especially yeah. until you've built up that muscle memory of like yeah. you said, like high, like participating in hiring like a few hundred people and then seeing how that plays out, like seeing mm -hmm. who, who stays, catching up with them a few years later and like, hey, why did you leave that job? Right. And yeah. like you start learning really what drives and motivates people. And now, I, I, you know, I, like you just get to the point faster. And you yep. cut through it because nobody wants to spend their time working in a job that they're not a good fit for and that they don't have a clear sort of at least a, a clear enough understanding of like how they're going to progress and advance into whatever it is that they want to accomplish and achieve. Uh, and, and we're more and more moving towards a world where it's a, the, the candidate is becoming like a consumer, right? Like they're just consuming another service, mm -hmm. uh, which in this case is, is this job the right job for me? And the companies are going to produce and deliver the best product of, of helping uh, talented individuals figure that out are going to win. For sure. Um, and and yeah, yeah, the competition is 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 only going to get tougher for for this for this stuff. 
Yeah, and I think uh, your well that uh, startup or or whatever platform you're building about that kind of decentralized talent market, I think goes back to that whole concept of trust, right? Because someone trusted mm -hmm. the other person and has a belief in them, uh, whether whether they it's it's founded or not, uh, uh, that they can do the job, right? So it's figuring out that, and and I think another concept that uh, someone else was was working on, and I think they were fairly successful, is that they found uh, basically smart people to say, hey, you're smart people. Right, mm -hmm. and, and the, there's that concept of you are the average of the five uh, people you hang around with. So mm -hmm. chances are all your friends are smart. So we should probably hire them, <laughs> right? So it's more kind of that referral base where uh, oh. like I, I want to get a whole bunch of people to get there. But then it introduces that whole kind of groupthink where like do I want like the nepotism of, of that as as well, right? Well, so, well, uh, it really works. I mean, and, and I've so there's a great book out there called The Google Way, uh, mm -hmm. which talks about like some of the some of the management philosophies and, and practices at Google and how it sort of evolved over time. Uh, and Laszlo Block also has, who was the chief people officer or the chief talent officer at Google for yep. a long time and then left to start up his own company. He has this uh, uh, other, I, I didn't read it, but I, I listened to it. It was a uh, work working or um, it, it's a famous book. If you look at, if you look up Laszlo, yep. um, you, you'll see it, but the gist is that, Bias is so this 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 idea of groupthink, right? If you if you have several people meet a candidate or just I don't even like saying candidate, just a person, right? Any person, right? If you have two people meet over the course of several weeks or like we're doing or several months, sometimes several years, you get a much better understanding of that person, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as far as their career goes, right? So we have like for example like and and the best i think uh, non bi like ways to eliminate bias is to have several uh interactions throughout the recruiting process with different people from different sure. backgrounds like very diverse people and have them all sort of uh, uh, uh sort of rank and score and provide feedback in their own terms and and sort of and then, and then looking at all of that, and what we do a lot is uh, sometimes we have 40 to, to 60 minute sessions where we have the three, four, five, sometimes six people that have, you know, met with this and we dig into and dissect every, like if there's any kind of doubt, right, that this person can, can be good at what they're, and we're not looking for perfection, we're just looking right. for, you know, can they can can they be successful in this job? Nobody's perfect. Everybody has gaps. But can we teach and support and provide the resources and the, you know what's needed to, to help them you know overcome the the the, the limitations while uh, you know uh, really like uh, leaning into their strengths, right? So that's kind of the the tricky part. And it takes several interactions. It takes pe making people very comfortable so they can open up. They can talk about their people. The the number one thing I wish. I knew earlier is like get comfortable with my weaknesses and be uh, okay to ask people for help. Uh, yeah. If I don't like, I have a hard time doing that even to this day. Like with all this stuff, like I, I'm saying here, when I'm having a problem at work, I am, I am, I'm so hard. I, I will try everything like before I ask somebody. But now I'm better at that. I literally, as soon as I get stuck, I'm like, like it's better to just ask somebody for help sure. because maybe it's just like a little thing that I'm like not paying attention to. 
yeah, I think that's definitely a core skill that a lot of people need to learn is, uh, yeah, be comfortable in, in not knowing and then being able to say that you don't know and then reaching out for help. That's not a sign of weakness. That's actually a sign of strength where like, why mm-hmm. would you spend an, an hour a day figuring it out when someone can answer in five people minutes? Love, people love talking about themselves. People love sharing knowledge. It's something that's in our DNA, right? Yeah. Uh, people love like I'm loving this, right? Like because I I I've spent eight years like banging my head against the wall to figure out all the issues in this uh, wonderful sort of world of uh, recruiting. But it actually helps when you talk about it because you can kind of put it into some sort of a, a some sort of a flow that is hard sometimes to get because it's all over the place, right? There's so many moving pieces. Yeah. Um, and I think mentorship is something that is going to become so incredibly important. I just look at the amount of young people, like I was just, I was, I think I was telling you before we started recording, I was with a couple of, of my basketball players that I used to coach and like mentorship does like really, really wonders. It's like, they say like, don't give somebody a fish, teach them how to fish, right? Like sure. don't, yeah. don't, if you give them a fish, you teach, you like have the lead for a day, but if you teach them how to fish, they'll eat, you know, Forever. they'll lead yeah. for the rest of their lives and they yeah. can teach other people how to fish. Right. So that's that's what where we have to focus and that's how we for example look at hiring is that like how do we make our entire organization on like be really tuned into talent attraction to the candidate experience onboarding because it doesn't stop when you like just find the person that can do the job now you have to actually help them start doing the job that's that's in many ways the the toughest part it's easier to do with people that have more experience but yeah there's 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 pitfalls all along the way. Um, yeah, that, that's a, a whole podcast series on its own. But uh, yeah, so as we kind of close our conversation, so what, what I kind of took for this is is really the hiring process. I mean, there's a whole bunch of challenges. Um, there, there's kind of that bias uh, in, in either the presentation of, of the, this paper version or a video version or whatever. So if we uh, somehow are kind of minimize that or eliminate, and part of it is, is, is from having a whole bunch of different perspectives. So uh, I, I'm reminded, I think there was a company where, a small company, but basically everybody was allowed to be part of the interview process, right? They mm. had a time period where like, hey, uh, the new person is gonna be hired. We have a couple candidates and everyone come and, and you can ask them any questions you want, right? So- I'll, I'll tell you, oh, sorry, no, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to, yeah. No, and, and, and that kind of is one of the, well, ultimate uh, un, unbiased because everyone in the company has a say. Now you're assuming that everyone else in the company thinks slightly differently. And there's a hope that, that, uh, that there is a bit of diversity in there, but uh, you never know. So, but part of the, the, the core of the hiring process is, is to have that diversity, minimize the bias. And at the end of the day, it, it all amounts to trust, right? It's a- be able to trust that person yeah. you you're you're absolutely yeah you, you you've summarized it really really excellent and like um what i wanted to add to that is that because of the the previous company i was working with and uh i i, I say this uh, like i say it all the time like uh, guru link right it's a it's one of my favorite most fondest sort of memories of uh you know because it was a very different type of environment in the sense of like the most sort of um uh, we're, we're, we're really like, it was, a, a, a people were really, really comfortable with who they are. Like we, we often joke that we're just a bunch of like misfits that, you know, fit perfectly together. Okay. Um, people were very, very sort of safe and comfortable being themselves. And, um, and we, we are, it's interesting because anybody that's ever interviewed at Gurlink and it's kind of like a legendary because you end up meeting sometimes you can meet 10 to 15 people. 
um, I, I ref in, in the span of like a day or sometimes one or two interviews. And it's, okay. it's a very organic, it's almost like, it's like, I compare it to like, almost like a tribe, right? We have a tribe here and everything kind of like where it's like, everything's fine tuned. So like, you know, so any new person coming in this tribe, because we literally like in our Toronto office, we had a, it was like an old three-story building kind of almost like reminded me of like a, like when I was in university. Right. And it's like all okay. 15, 20 people. Right. And we're basically living together a little bit, right? Like we have a kitchen, we're cooking yeah. together. We're, and that's where you really build those connections. Right. And those, uh, um, you know, those, those things where the sum is better than the parts, right. Like the, sure. the, the and so culture is incredibly important to that and you can you can create and, and I can give examples like I sometimes I call myself like a culture connoisseur because like every, like I've been in so many different companies and I've worked with many different companies and culture is the differentiator uh, and yeah. if it was if it was it, it was never more clear than it is now yeah I think like, there's an expression yeah. that yeah I think there's an expression that uh, culture eats strategy for for lunch or something like that one of those things but uh, lunch yeah. and dinner and, and, and i'll meet you i'll meet you for an espresso tomorrow morning too because <laughs> it'll, it'll still keep doing it because it's real it's authentic you can't fake it right yeah. um and it it leaks it yeah. leaks very well whether it's good or bad and which is the benefit if you do it right it'll leak organically by people talking about it and, and that's a force today combined with social media that is hard to stop. Once you have a employer brand that is infectious, like Google has, sure. like Shopify has, like Apple has, like where people are lining up and willing to like interview 10 times because they understand that it's not about getting the job on their terms. It's about mm -hmm. getting the right job at the right time when they're ready, when, you know, like all the pieces like that's where we're trying to get to and that's a very like those are like 0.01 percent of maybe companies or something like that yeah i, I think that that makes sense and uh, again it boils down to the, the fact that you, you mentioned well can they do the job right and are is the company even giving me the jobs that i want to be doing is the, the other counter to that and once you have that trust in between uh, with as as minimal bias or, or as much diversity as you can to eliminate that bias and then that kind of is is that solution so hopefully folks are listening into the conversation we don't have a solution in terms of how to necessarily improve the hiring process but at least it might spark some some ideas and imagination and hopefully we'll continue the conversation as as we learn because there's a whole bunch of uh new tech and, and new Always. platforms and companies coming out but uh thanks so so much sergey for engaging in the conversation and and hope to have you back for a future episode Always a pleasure. And uh, I'm actually, uh, so I'm doing also, uh, I just discovered uh, Twitter spaces. So I okay. played around with it yesterday. It's a pretty, pretty incredible. And um, it was such a good experience that basically I'm, I'm going to do like uh, every Wednesday, 5.30 PM Eastern. Uh, I hope it's okay to, you know, I'm just starting to learn really about how to connect all these platforms. And it's uh, because I think these are important topics and I had maybe like 15 or 20 people join me on my first like uh, AMA on uh, Twitter spaces. And it was people from all over the world, Netherlands, Sweden, uh, the US, um, uh, yeah, all over. And, and, and they were all interested in, uh, in tech and innovation, a lot of them in crypto and blockchain, because on Twitter, I'm more, I'm more into that stuff because it's stuff that I'm, I think, I think the blockchain is a fascinating space. Um, and we can honestly talk <laughs> one one episode about that because i it's i think there i think 
it's one of the technologies that gets overlooked, right? Mm -hmm. When when you when you look at everything that's going on, all the innovation um, in terms of take being taking now more less so than when when we were doing it in 2018. But um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting topic. Sounds good. So hopefully we'll have you back and then we can talk about blockchain or many other topics. As well. So thanks <laughs> right, for, for, for let, you, let you go. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'll get back to my, uh, my, uh, my work. So take care. <laughs> take care. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.